When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to Water Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network, here to talk about all things Spurs. I'm Sean Walsh, and today joining us is Jude Summerfield and Dan Kilpatrick. Boys, how are we? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks, man. Yeah, it's always, you know, it's always great the day after a win against West Ham. You know, don't really get enough in these days. And, you know, for a, li- for a little bit yesterday, it did feel like we could have been on the way to a- another Lanzini moment from last season. <laughs> it, feels, it feels weird that that was only last season. Like, that feels like such a world away, that goal and that game. Like, just so much has happened since. Yeah, it was a lifetime ago, wasn't it? It was a weird sort of win yesterday because uh, I think the scoreline was about right, but we just got there in a very roundabout way. Like, just the uh, the goal in the last minute. But yeah, plenty of positives from the match and um, good to, uh, well, are they now fifth? They're up to fifth now, which is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Think, uh, three yeah. points behind Arsenal. Yeah, it's um, getting tight. But, but Jude, um, people who are watching on YouTube will recognise that you're in a Milan shirt. You were away in Italy this weekend, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't told <laughs> people about this enough yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I managed to go over to, to Milan, um, courtesy of some very nice people at BT and Pitch. And we got, um, got some VIP treatment, went around some... Uh, Milan and Inter uh, museums had a little look at Serie broadcasting centre. Um, saw Inter collapse with a one-one draw to Fiorentina, and uh, managed to have a little quick chat with Franco Baresi, who's a very intimidating guy and scared me quite a lot <laughs> while we were there. You wouldn't, you but, wouldn't want to meet him in a fifty-fifty. No, no, I think I'd lose both knees. So, but yeah. Are we yeah. being paid for this section to be included? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We yeah. didn't know we could we could kind of do adverts on the show because if so, I'll, you know, I'll come equipped next time. Yeah, other broadcasters are available for. Uh, yeah, I also didn't realize we, this was going on YouTube. Had I known, I wouldn't. You know, I've done my hair. Um, I wouldn't be <laughs> slumped in my armchair. My living you room, look good, I'm, man. You you're great. I've created a professional fabulous. vibe. We we all look fabulous. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, some of us got a haircut this morning, especially for this. But you know, oh, did, did you nice. see Kane? Did you see Kane's haircut and then immediately go to the barber with a picture of it and just say, <laughs> that. "That's a good segue, actually." Do you, do you prefer Kane's hair short? <laughs> it just makes him look like kind of eighteen, nineteen-year-old sort of pudgy Kane again, doesn't it? You know, like <laughs> Kane who was coming on against Hearts and 
sort of spitting on himself against Man United. It just takes me back to kind of that Kane. Um, I think the the kind of modern Kane I associate more with, with having a bit more hair. Um, so it did take me back a bit yesterday. But I mean, as long as he's playing like he did yesterday, I don't mind what, what hair he has. Um, you know, he's, he's good to watch regardless of style in that kind of form. Yeah, I thought he had Kane, quite frankly. Oh, God. Can you imagine? That is, I feel like that's one head shape that could look bad with a skinhead. I do not want to see that. <laughs> yeah, there was always, you know, the picture of him with David Beckham when he was a kid that he had a skinhead then, didn't he? Like, oh, yeah. He went for the Bex look. Don't need to see that again. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, Kane, very good yesterday. You know, uh, we got one and a half assists, two assists. I'm trying to remember now. No, two, assists. two and a half assists. Two, two and a half. Yeah, well, on FPL, well, three assists. Three fantasy assists, yeah. Yeah, three fantasy assists, which is what we're going to Three real assists. You don't get a real assist. You don't, you don't get an assist for that. I, I, I don't argue with me about it. I don't make no, That makes no sense. I mean, he. you should get more of an assist for an own goal, if anything. Because <laughs> you, you were the last player on your team to touch the ball. Yeah, um, it make, you know, it makes sense. That's but... like one and a half assists. So he, he, he got three and a half in my mind. I mean, he, <laughs> he forced, I mean, with a, with a bit of help from Son, I mean, he's really forced Zuma into scoring that goal with the yeah. quality of the cross. Um, yeah. And then obviously both balls to Son were were excellent as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he, he made all three goals for me um, and for everyone because that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the run for the first goal was lovely as well. He's a very interesting dribbler, isn't he? Because he doesn't move at you know an extreme pace, but he just manages to get yards of of space for himself and and uh, in quite a unique way. But um, it was a great ball in. Yeah, it feels like his dribbling style is like every touch is a first touch. You know, like it kind of the way that he traps it, the way that he kind mm. of manipulates it. Like he's not like a silky dribbler, but he always does seem to have the ball under control at all times. Really. He gets uh, his nutmegs in there too, as well. He's been wheeling he does, those he does out sometimes, a few yeah. times the last few weeks. Well, we've got to fill the void now that Daly's gone, you know. So, <laughs> very true. Yeah. yeah, I thought, and then for the second goal, I just I think where I sat in the media section, we should say me and Dan were there yesterday. Um, you could kind of see the gap opening up from you'd think, but you'd you know, if that's like a any other play on the pitch, they don't see the pass, but they don't back themselves to make the pass. And it was just just so perfectly weighted and just another example of, you know, playmaker Kane. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the weight of pass that he's got is is outrageous, but I think as soon as Son got the ball in that in that one-on-one um, situation, he was up against Zuma, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, and he just thought, uh, having seen Zuma kick one into his own net already, um, Son was always likely to sort of skin him with that, with those little step overs that he that he gets through. And it was um, he took it took a slight little nick, didn't it, on the way through? Yeah, yeah, when it went in. But um, but yeah, was so happy for for Son for, for that goal to go in because he's you know weirdly gotten some some shtick over the last few weeks for some maybe average performances, but um, he loves playing West Ham, doesn't he? He always seems to score against them. And, he does. Uh, I, be- I believe he, that's the, in terms of like t- um, best goals for record, I believe that the only teams he's scored more goals against now are 
Southampton and Borussia Dortmund. So, oh yeah, impressive stat. Yeah, um, but it did, I it feel like at this off. point I should fess up to the fact that um, when Conte <laughs> said he was crazy to consider dropping someone, that was my question. Um, so apparently, apparently there's a um, there's a, there's a South Korean YouTuber who's done a kind of um, takedown of me. Um, <laughs> have you been cancelled um, yeah and all, and all the comments are like really rude uh and uh i've also been also gave him some like bad marks in player ratings recently so i think i'm not the flavor of the month in in, in kind of some circles in south korea um but actually the, the way the way i phrased it to to conte um was you know do, do you consider son undroppable in the same way that Kane is. And I was kind of expecting him to say yes um, and, and just kind of put an end to the to the discussion, really, which is basically what he did. But he obviously, he, he went a bit further and said he'd be crazy to to do that. Um, and, and then was completely proved right in the end. Um, you know, I, I did think Son was, was kind of on some, some pretty miserable form, but I think everyone was kind of on the same page with it in that he, he was on bad form, but he was kind of still producing and, um, he was still delivering in the final third, and you know, while he's still doing that, um, you, you just keep him on the pitch. You keep him in the team, and, and you keep him in the side. Um, but I mean, that there, there have been some pretty bad performances. I mean, Middlesbrough stands out in my mind is particularly uh, scratchy, and he, he started yesterday's game, I thought, really badly. He gave the ball away. I think the first two times he got it, and I thought, oh dear, is Son going to have another another really bad game? But he he kind of um, grew into it. And I think as soon as he realised there was space behind the West Ham line, which was curiously kind of high, um, he sensed, and I think kind of everyone sensed, obviously Kane sensed, that it was going to be a game for Sun. Um, and, and so it proved, really. Yeah, so just quickly on that um, press conference question, I did ask in our WhatsApp chat, Dan, who was daft enough to ask Conte if he was going to drop Sun? And you just kind of deadpan replied, me. <laughs> felt very, kind of, felt very kind of you know the office stare at the camera kind of feeling there but yeah i mean you know, I, can, I can see yeah, how you, you have since explained it to me what the question actually was and i, I think that's a lot fairer thank you sean um <laughs> yeah but I, I can i can certainly see how from his answer um i would have looked ridiculous yeah um, yeah i think i think you're right with son like i i did a piece of full time yesterday basically saying you know he's going to turn 30 this summer he has so many kind of minutes on his body clock we've seen it a lot this season you know he's not the great dribbler that he was he doesn't you know open the game up if it's not him running into acres and acres of space he's going to be a different kind of forward he's not going to be as fun to watch as he has been in the last few years he's going to be he's just going to be like an outlet for goals and assists really and you know I've kind of accepted that because I think I think I'm probably like one of the biggest kind of Son fans or Son defenders out there. So I've just kind of moved on with that fact quickly. But you know, if he's he's going to start declining year on year, but as long as he puts up these kind of numbers, I mean, he's the top scorer in the league of players that don't play for Liverpool now. Um, decent well, shout. I think he's actually he... only second behind Salah now. Yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's level with Jota. Yeah. Mm. So that says a lot. He could win. The club's player of the year award again, that would which would be his third in this time, which is more than 
anyone else in the modern era, I think. So, yeah, you know, it's been good for for him there. Um, moving on to the midfield, who I also thought were outstanding yesterday, um, Hoiberg and Bentoncourt. They had a big task up against Socek and Rice, and I thought they just made them look really, really small. I thought they re- just got all over them. Yeah, I thought Hoiberg was really good um, in particular, actually. Uh, I think Bentancourt had some nice little turns here and there, and I think one in like his own penalty box that sort of sent, you know, the nerves jangling around the stadium. That had, but, that had me really worrying. Yeah, he likes doing that, doesn't he? And, you know, yeah. it, you know, if you're from the Sean Dyke school of thought, you just think, hoof it up the field, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was great. And, like, up against Rice and Suchek, you know, one of the, the Prem's best uh, midfield partnerships at the moment, um, especially Rice when he just careers forward. Um I thought, yeah, Hoybeer was excellent. Uh, he made a number of interceptions and was sort of, you know, bringing the ball back for Spurs. Um, and yeah, they just, they actually, they helped us dominate possession and we got plenty of shots away as a result of it. Um, Hoybeer's pass for Kane when Kane should have scored when he was on the, like the penalty spot was awesome. Yeah. Um, ben Tanker's pass into Kane for the second goal. Son's first official one was brilliant. I mean, it was a bit, it might have been a bit of a hospital pass if West Ham had managed to nick it, but it just about slid through to Kane. Um, so yeah, they, they were excellent and they look like um, it's just such a contrast between seeing like Hoybier and Winks against the team, maybe like Southampton, um, when they were just getting bullied and, and pressed mm. to, to this one that's now actually putting in more regular and con- consistent performances. Because um, they were good at Brighton as well um, last week. Um, ben Sanko in particular, I think he got his first assist mm. for Spurs in that game. It's interesting. You said pretty much what I thought and what I put in my um, player ratings that Hoiberg maybe had a little bit over Bentoncourt because I think maybe I was clouded by a couple. Of, he had a couple of nervy moments where he gave the ball away, kind of rather needlessly, or the like the nerves of him turning inside his own box like he did. I didn't think Benton Cole was like amazing, but then I kind of checked Twitter afterwards and everyone was kind of raving about him. I started to think, was like, am I an idiot? Do I understand football properly like this? Like, I didn't, like, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was amazing. Like, am I wrong for thinking that? But interestingly, I saw you tweet out your player ratings afterwards and say, I thought Hoy Bear was outstanding. And I hadn't really thought that during the game, but then I kind of thought back and couldn't really remember him putting a foot wrong or putting a pass out of place. And I did recall that great pass to create the only real chance that Kane had, um, which was brilliant and Kane really should have scored that. So uh, that that kind of made me made me rethink my perception. I, I think Benton Coe is already the kind of sexy midfielder, right? He's he's the kind of classy <laughs> guy. He does, <laughs> yeah, does turn. Yeah. No, but I mean, like he he's yeah. he's the the kind of progressive one, and I think the perception yeah. is that Hoy bears the, the the water carrier who's going to do the, the simple bits and the dirty work next to him. So probably if Benton Coe played that pass for Kane, it would have made more of a splash on on Twitter, and 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 people mm. would be talking about it more. Um, so I do think there's there's something in that. Um, but I just think Benton calls that, as Jude said, he's he's the kind of press resistant guy. You know, he can he can 
create a yard of space. He can play those passes around the corner as for the first, sorry, the second goal, um, which I think was was a really good, you know, clever pass that, that perhaps got overshadowed by the ball Kane played immediately afterwards. Um, but I think uh, you, you were right in identifying that Hoiberg deserved a bit of credit yesterday as well for the way he played. Um, and yeah, that they're, they're starting to look like you know, a good pairing and understand each other's game a bit better and um, and, and maybe kind of bring out the best in each other as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting like, to see um, how, how Skip fits in once he's finally fit, because obviously it's now two months on. I wonder who's going who's gonna to go out or if he's just going to have a little place on the bench for the rest of the season now, which is what I'd imagine if he's still short of fitness. But um, he's, he was so good in the first half of the season. You're going to see him back in the team. But, mm. um, I think it just, depends it, it, what state he comes back in because I think he's his injury is, I think, largely down to playing too much. So it, it's um, he, he's been pres- kind of prescribed rest, basically. So it may be that he comes back and has to have a fairly gentle end to the season, which should be doable given it should be one game a week um, in the main. Um, but I think Conte's desperation to have him back suggests he would be starting right now. I think ahead mm-hmm. of Hoybier, that's the way I would guess it. But it, you're right; it will be interesting to see, particularly if those two keep up what they did in the last couple of games. What happens with Skip? Well, he would at least be a reliable option, right? Because I thought it was notable yesterday that Conte didn't make a change until like what the 85th minute or something like that. And it yeah, was but that's it. Yeah. Like for like changes, and so Conte's right got an eleven, like, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the trend that we're seeing because he doesn't want to bring anyone into the team until about the eighty-eighth minute. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to see Danson Sanchez on the pitch for more than 20, 25 minutes. So <laughs> even if that, it was like two at the end yesterday. If he got on, so yeah. If uh, if if at least it brings a twelfth kind of reliable player into the fold, then that'd be important as well. Um, let's let's keep let's keep with the. Excellent stuff. I thought um, Christian Romero was near enough flawless yesterday. And Dan, I came over to you at half time, and you were kind of waxing lyrical about him as well. Yeah, I thought he was great. I mean, Antonio was leggy after Thursday night, which I think was understandable given he was a doubt for that game and then played 120 minutes. But Romero just kept him out of the game. You know, won that individual battle hands down. And the only time that Antonio really had a sniff um, was when he was up against Dyer and kind of rolled him immediately after the first goal. Um, but whenever he was in the, the physical battle with uh, Romero, he was second best. Um, and that says a lot, given that I think Antonio is a really good player and he occupied, I was there on Thursday night actually, and he more or less occupied the whole severe mm. defence by himself. Um, so, you know, him at the top of his game can be a real handful. Um and, and, and Romero did a great job. So that was kind of his job for the first hour, um, just keeping Antonio under wraps. Then when Antonio went off, he, he slightly changed roles, I thought, and he, he kind of had this uh, remit for the last half an hour just to, to constantly step out of defence, break the line, and just kick anyone who was <laughs> in claret and blue near the ball. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it worked really, really well. Um, he won so many balls, high up the pitch for Spurs, one back possession. When he did lose it, when he did miss out, he invariably kind of got back um, and won it at the second time of asking. 
Uh, and he played his way out of some really tight spots as well. There was one point in the corner just in front of us, Sean, I'm sure you'll remember, um, where I think kind of him and Doherty... Um, yes, yeah, I remember, yeah. ...managed to... Uh, there were about three moments where I was just thinking, just <laughs> kick it long. Yeah. And they managed yeah. to, to play their way out, and it was it was really impressive. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's a better defender, and he's better on the ball than anyone else in, in the back five by quite a long way. Um, mm. I mean, Dyer is good at those raking passes given time, but he's, he hasn't got the the ability to kind of play out under pressure like I think Romero has. So, you know, he's he's really important with and without the ball. Jude, a performance yeah. that your mate Brazy would be proud of? My mate, yeah, my mate. Um, <laughs> Gotta stop bringing that up. Yeah, I think he would have been. Um, I just love the way he brings the ball out um, from the fence and how confident he seems with it at his feet. Because when he was out of the team, um, you know, the polar opposite was that Sanchez was playing there who looked sort of scared to have the ball um, whenever it got to his feet. So it's, it's, it's brilliant that he's sort of starting attacks and taking the ball forward and getting in the box. And uh, it's great to see him score his first goal for Spurs, actually, against Brighton. If we, yes. Uh, you know, that... Yeah outrageous finish <laughs> totally <laughs> deliberate with the shin um but yeah he was he was so good yesterday because antonio is such a battering ram of a player and like uh whenever we go up against west ham i'm always scared of you know a potential goal at the back stick him like peeling off ben davis or someone and just nodding it in there but he yeah he barely had a sniffle game um i mean i think it should be said that you know west ham sort of played their cup final you know, not to, you know, mug them off or anything, but on Thursday against Sevilla when they were great mm. and they did yeah. look pretty tired for most of the first half, really. And when Spurs started sort of playing it around in the second when they weren't being a little bit silly in possession, um, they did look very noticeably tired. Yeah. But Romero, yeah, awesome, awesome player. Doing I do so think well. it's important to note that the, that could have been a really kind of awkward ending. Like there was, a, there was like a two-minute spell, I think, in the late 80, 80th minute or something like that, where they had a couple of corners, they had a couple of crosses where they were like, they're kind of really kind of threatening this aerial bombardment. But I thought that we held our nerve really well. And it's and the thing that I noticed was for our third goal, that came from Lloris claiming a really kind of manic corner, throwing the ball out of play because Benson could cramp. Ball, come, ball gets thrown back in, Lloris's long kick, nodding on by Kane, finished by Son. I thought that's kind of, a nice little summary of how streetwise we handled those last five or ten minutes. Mm. Well, simplicity at his best, wasn't it? That last goal it was a bit ridiculous. Mm. I can't. Yeah, I think Dawson and I think I think Zuma, whoever was back at the back there, they can't be getting beaten to the ball oh. by one person. Yeah, Kurt Zuma, the villain of the day, roundly booed. Even before kickoff, like it was every time he had the ball in the warm up, he was getting booed by some of the kids in the front row in front of me. Um, a partially at fault for all three goals, so you know, maybe that's maybe that's karma, maybe that's whatever. There were a lot of inflatable cats in the south stand, I did see, plus one sign, there were a couple of cardboard signs there as well. But I wonder how long it's going to be until an actual cat does show up at a stadium when West Ham are playing and he's in the starting team. Because they <laughs> get around Mike Goodison all the time, but yeah, there was a, remember there was a cat at Hillsborough. I think the day after that video came out, and like, the whole thing was like, mm. "Oh, this is how you care for cats and stuff." But, yeah, you know, so who's going to smuggle one in? 
yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Dan, I think me because me and you are massive cat people, I think that was quite enjoyable that Zuma was not at his best. Yes, I can't say I was sad to see him struggling. Uh, I thought, <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable. I mean, I thought he also looked tired from Thursday night. I mean, uh, the mm. second goal, you'd normally expect him to make that harder for Son. Um, I didn't think Son had to do an awful lot to, to make that yard of space and, and get the shot away, um, which was definitely took a nick off Zuma. Um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I was... Um, I wrote an out an outraged column or two over over Catgate, so um, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't sorry to see that. Yeah, yeah. Just quickly touching on um, the goal that we did concede, which was pretty much one of the only good moments West Ham had all game. It felt eerily similar to the goal that we conceded against Morecambe, though, and it does. It's one of those moments that does make you fear every single set piece that we concede. Mm. Mm. They just got like a, a free run, didn't they? And I think Son, for for as good as he was um, yesterday, just lets Ben Rama run at the back stick, and he's got a free a free uh, a free shot, which is annoying. That more he, he kind of notices him, and then he like pulls out again. He's like doing like the hokey cokey, like just kind of like should it be here, should it be there? Like, yeah, I mean, like the nod on is is pretty good from I think it's Dawson. Um, yeah, I mean, the the Morecambe one was even it was even worse, right? Because the ball just gets swung in. There's no like header or first hit or anything. It's just a straight volley, like inside the six yard box. <laughs> that one was a bit rubbish, but yeah, that's something Spurs need to sort of address very very quickly. Because there were moments in the game when like Romero and Dyer were getting up and really being assertive in the air and making sure that they were winning every header. But uh, set pieces for some reason just seem to keep coming back to. To bite Spurs. I remember when they had a really, really big team with like Wanyama, Dyer, Adavaro, Kane, mm-hmm. Vertonghen, Walker. They wouldn't really concede at set pieces, but it's not quite the same at the moment. Like Bentancur and Hoybeer aren't amazing in the air. So something that needs some some work for sure. Yeah. Mm. And actually, it's, only, it's Romero's only real weakness. I mean, he's, he's only six foot, mm. I think. Um, he's not airily dominant, which... at least. No, no. I mean, again, to go back to the uh, the end when West Ham were putting a bit of pressure on, he won a really important header at the back post. It might have been just before the the third goal, actually. Um, so he can get up, but I think um, we've seen it a couple of times in, in the last few weeks that particularly defending set pieces, he's still kind of getting to grips with that aspect of the Premier League. Um, and I think now... Four of the last nine league goals Spurs have conceded have been from set pieces. So it's really frustrating. It's cost a lot of points. Obviously, United and Burnley, you know, of of late, um, would just drop points because of poor defending at set pieces. So it is kind of worrying. And it's something that I think every opposition team in the run-in is going to be looking at. So you'd like to think that, that Spurs can can get a handle on it but I think a lot of it as you said is just down to the personnel on the side and they probably need a couple of you know a couple more like Kane who are just going to be great at, at, at kind of um, yeah defending the near post and, and, and getting getting their head on balls mm. Okay so yesterday's win leaves us fifth place three points behind Arsenal though they do have a game in hand but ultimately they still have to come to the lane Jude where are Tottenham going to finish this season? Oh, come on. No. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> um, 
if you had so to say where are Spurs are going to finish, saying it as if I have any trust in any of the three teams to go on a run <laughs> between now and the end of the season. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just say fourth, but more through my yeah, heart yeah, yeah. and not my head because how anyone you, can be okay, like do you, you're definitely going to do fourth is a bit beyond me. But I'll say it from my. Do belly, you think we're sure. going to be Arsenal whenever that game is going to be played? Um, if they don't pull out, am I right? Um, anyway, uh, great chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Arsenal have looked really, really good these last few weeks. I do wonder if they've sort of peaked a little too early with their run of results. Um, but they have looked really, really good. So it's it's not a game where I've got into a North London derby thinking, right, we're favourites to go and win this. You know, Arsenal been on a great run of form and should be respected in, in that sort of way. Um, but saying that, if Spurs can get a proper run going before that game, there's no reason why um, the likes of Kane and Son and Kulisevsky can't do them damage. It's just um, how how our sort of team deals with their quick passing play. Because I don't think we've really, you know, City weren't at their quick best when we played them and beat them. If Arsenal sort of get into their groove, I'm worried about. Saka and Odegaard getting to, into those little pockets of space. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, yeah, what? why not? You have to say yes, right? We're on a Spurs podcast. It's, it's, it'd be yeah. a crime to say <laughs> anything else. Yeah. Dan, what are your thoughts on the run-in then? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm inclined to be optimistic. I think um, if you look at the run-in, it's, it's relatively kind looking Liverpool aside um I do think the North London derby is obviously going to be decisive um I don't think Spurs could lose that game and still hope to overhaul Arsenal I think that'd probably be yeah. too big an ask mm. um I mean I think yeah Sunday has to give everyone a lot of optimism I mean my feeling going into the West Ham game was that uh Leeds Everton and Brighton were all perfect teams to play for Spurs. They were all basically in a crisis of sorts. Um, they were all on terrible runs. And particularly in the case of Leeds and Everton, they, they couldn't really have played into Tottenham's hands more. Um, there was definitely an element of West Ham doing that as well. But I, look, West Ham are, are a very, very good side. Like They were coming off the back of one of the biggest results in their history. They're well organised. They're hard to beat. They were level on points to Spurs. They were in the running for fourth before the game. And I think they're probably just about out of it now. Um, So to beat them by two goals um, with a performance that really should have had a four or five goal margin, I thought, or let's say a four goal margin to be realistic um, was, was quite impressive. And I think should give everyone a lot of optimism. Um, I reckon it comes down to probably fitness for me. I think if Spurs were to keep everyone fit, and Skip and Sessegnon got back, uh, you know, let's say, in, in good time after the international break, which is the best-case scenario for both of them, um, although less likely for Skip, I think. Um, mm. If everyone stays fit and they came back, I would have optimism that, that Spurs would have enough to, to do it. And, and mm. I think I think they'll beat Arsenal at home either way. Um, but it's, it's, it's the consistency and it's dropping points um, elsewhere that would that would worry me. Mm. Just a quick question because this might sound blasphemous, but I think there's only real one real, yeah, one real answer to this. 
Would you rather be in our position now for the rest of the season or would you rather be in West Ham's where they have fewer points but they're still in the Europa League and have a half-decent shot of at least kind of getting further? I think I'd rather be in West Ham's position. Um, it's, it's, a t- <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, I'd say I'd like to... I'd, I'd like to be going for fourth, so I'll I'll say I'd rather be higher in the table, and I want to finish as high in the table as possible because that's how you measure progress. And I mean, West Ham might go and win the Europa League, but it's all hypothetical, isn't it? So I'll go with with the Coys boys. It, it feel it feels to me like that there is a lot, obviously, but there's a lot riding on fourth for Spurs in that it it could really be crucial to Conte's future. It could really be crucial to Kane's future. Um, it could be decisive in how much money Spurs have to spend, how, what kind of players they can attract. And it also feels like this year it's quite a big zero-sum game as well, right? Like, whoever gets it is going to deny the other team or you know a couple of other teams um, Champions League football. And I think if Arsenal get Champions League football, it could massively accelerate their rebuild under Arteta, you know, if they have another smart summer, but with the Champions League budget and with Champions League quality players, they could be a real threat next year. Similarly, West Ham uh, are rebuilding under Moyes. They're going to have a big summer. Um, you know, Noble's going to going to go um, and retire. Other players are going to going to be sold, I think, and they're going to get players in. And if they had Champions League football, um, you know, it would accelerate their project. So you're not only, you know, trying to Spurs are not only, you know, trying to to sort of boost their own rebuild and, and keep that own rebuild on track, but they're trying to stop, um, you know, two of their biggest rivals from from really accelerating theirs. And and given that you know Chelsea are in such an uncertain position, you know, we might be talking about, um, you know, genuinely might be talking about who's going to become the the dominant club in London over the next few years. Um, you know, so it, it feels to me really important to, to get. So probably just on that basis, I might say I'd rather be in Spurs position, just three points and, and one game closer to, to fourth place because I feel like it's it's really, really important this year. Um, and, I, and I don't think West Ham uh, are going to have the squad to to stay in it really and compete on two fronts. You make a really good argument. That's, that's making me consider my choice now. But So, you know, well done, Daniel. I hope you're happy. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the international break um, news broke this morning that Christian Romero will join up with the Argentina squad for their World Cup qualifiers he does have a two game suspension but they believe that that can be halved and he'll be available for at least one game that's the latest right yes so yeah so they've called him up hoping that he'll be able to play one game but that's yeah. dependent on the appeal I have no idea You'd think they've got some kind of indication that he's going to win the appeal, right? Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or, surely. or I don't even know what, what, what he's suspended for and what they're appealing. Is, it, is this the honest. suspension for, that was for the, you know, when they came on the pitch in the Brazil game and they got detained and whatever? Is that, is it for yeah. that? Yeah, it's for that. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got two mad, games. That mad, well. like, yeah. customs forms problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, you're right. They you, must you, have some idea that they're going to win this. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. So given it's, a, I guess, given it's like not a, a footballing issue and it was a kind of political issue, you'd guess they must have been given a steer. Like, you know, you've got a great chance of winning that. Otherwise, you know, he, he could be flying to Buenos Aires and back for, for absolutely no reason. Um, yeah. Which would seem, you know, even by the kind of standards of Spurs shockers with South Americans on internationals this season would be another kind of farcical situation, really. Mm. I mean, Gio Lo Celso is another of the players banned, I think, in that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I can't remember. Has he gone? Been. Is he in the squad? I can't remember, actually. Um, the only sort of Lo Celso news I remember over the last week is Villarreal, obviously, knocking out Juventus and scoring all their goals after he been substituted. <laughs> it's almost immediately <laughs> after he got stubbed that they scored <laughs> Yeah, I posted something on Twitter just slagging off LaCelso and then one of the guys is like the the dudes in a in a Champions League quarter final and I was like, well if you look at look at the game, he didn't really help get him. <laughs> but, uh, ah but yeah. well nevertheless moments. Yeah I mean yeah Romero got injured for about three months after that injury. In November, so yes, it yeah. seems like a bit of a lose lose for Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. and you would have hoped that maybe they could get a little bit of something back from the Argentine FA. Um, if they've already qualified for the World Cup and um, could maybe just play Nicolas Otamendi and Juan Foyt there or something like that. But yeah, the Argentine FA obviously love antagonizing Spurs. I mean, they love it. <laughs> There's, it's clear that they seemingly enjoying uh, calling them up in the most ridiculous circumstances possible over and over again. Yeah, um, there can be no other explanation. Yeah, yeah they, they want justice for Poch, I think. They need to show some respect. We have great Argentine heritage, you know, Ricky Villa, Aussie Idealers, Diego Maradona. Technically, Messi played under Poch. Yeah. You know that technically counts as well. You know, Romero, obviously. <laughs> and now we have Romero. And, you know, here we are. But whatever. That's football. Yeah, I we guess. don't get no respect. We don't get yeah. no respect. Yeah. Uh, back on these shores, um, there were a few people in the Spurs fan base expecting Eric Dyer to get an England recall. That did not happen. Um, did that shock you guys? Do you think that he should have been rewarded with a call-up? Um, I thought, I mean... I don't think Dyer has proven himself a top Premier League centre back in a two yet. I think that's mm. fair to say. So I, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm less kind of on board with the the clamouring for Dyer to get the recall because I can understand that Southgate might think, although England often play in a three, where you know, like Cody in a way, Dyer is a bit of a special bit of a specialist. If they were playing in a two. I don't think Dyer's done enough in the Premier League yet to to necessarily be trusted there for England. Um, having said that, he's been pretty good this year, I think, and the there are question marks over a lot of the other centre-backs Southgate's called up. I mean, obviously, Maguire's mm. been just on awful form all year. Um, I don't think Mings and Cody are, are particularly great, um, but, but Southgate seems to, to really rate them as, as kind of characters uh, around the camp as much as anything, which I can kind of understand, but I think probably less room for sentiment in a World Cup year. Um, and then and Gay um, for Palace, I think, I haven't seen a huge amount of him, but he he's obviously 
a, a big prospect. So I sort of get that one. So I think you could have easily made a case that Dyer should be there ahead of, say, Cody, especially as Cody mm. seemed always like a sort of back three specialist as well. But I'm not kind of outraged by the fact that he wasn't called up. Mm. I'd like to see like in, uh, Spurs get a few more boys into the England squad because a few years ago that was, you know, it was all the rage when, you know, had Walker, Rose, Delhi, Kane. It was out. It was yeah. It was Dyer. a Spurs core in the England team. It really was, which is which is obviously awesome to see. And um, other clubs are sort of getting that on now, um, which is well, it's not that frustrating, but it's it's definitely. That's the nice thing, that's, I think that's the thing. Like back in the top four thing, that like, that is Arsenal now. You know they got Smith mm-hmm. Rowe, Saka, Ben White in the squad, and Ram, yeah. Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pulled out of injury, but it does feel like he's probably going to usurp Pickford as the number one by the time the World Cup rolls around so it's annoying that mm. you're right with right now the only player that we have in the England squad is Kane yeah well, not those centre backs I, I, I honestly think it's only Ben White who's in any decent form really I mean John Stone I forgot about there. Ben White yeah, yeah. he's mm. he's yeah. he's been he has been very good to be fair and they keep on grinding out 1-0 wins but like John Stones barely plays for City anymore I think he started maybe nine league games this season because there's Diaz and Laporte who just dominate those positions. So, yeah, I think if 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 England go to a back three again, like Dan says, I think he's got as as much cool as anyone to to be in that squad. But for now, you should probably you know keep keep working hard, keep putting in decent performances, and and uh, I'm sure it will come eventually. Because I think Southgate rates Dyer as like he's a, he was there from like when he started as the England manager. Was that scored the, the winning penalty against Colombia? Yeah. So, in, in terms of like figures in a, in a dressing room and players who have sort of been on that England journey over the last four or five years, Dyer knows plenty of it. Um, I, sus- I suspect, as Conte said, Dyer. If I had to say now, guess now, I reckon Dyer would be in the Qatar squad because he was very nearly in the Euro squad. I think Southgate said it was as hard a decision. I think he was in the squad or the provisional squad on the morning of the day it was announced and then Southgate mm-hmm. dropped him at the last minute. So he, he rates him and I think if Spurs continue to improve under Conte, um, he will move ahead of either Cody or Mings or, or probably both of them. Um, and then, and then you, you know, the, the, I guess the trouble is that there's a lot of, you know, there's Tamori, there's obviously White, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's Kilman at, at Wolves, um, who's having a good season. So there's actually a lot of centre halves um, around the same standard. I think there's not a huge amount between them, and it might just depend on form and, and fitness in the build-up to Qatar, I guess. Yeah, because I do think of those centre backs that you just kind of listed there, like um, Cody, Mings, Kilman, Tamori. I do think the only one definitely better than Dyer right now is probably Tamori. And then obviously, you know, so with Stones and Maguire not having amazing seasons, you do. I'm starting to warm around to the idea that Dyer probably should be in the squad, but I'm not losing sleep over it. You know, this is one player that gets yeah. to rest up for the next week and a half or so. Yeah. It's only friendlies, isn't it, this month? So there's nothing riding on the games. and It, it just... is, but, you know, it, it does feel like Southgate is now kind of trying to find his guys. Um yeah, well, he's, he's having a look at some other players as well, and yeah. um, you know, I think he, I think he do, he does have favourites at centre back as well. So yeah. I think regardless yeah. of how Maguire and Stones are doing, I think those those two as a pair have have served him well since he's been in charge. So I don't, 
if there's any position, I mean, centre back and striker, obviously, I don't think Kane's going to get dropped anytime soon. Um, I don't think there'll be much change at centre back, really. It'll just be whether they want to go like three at the back and then Walker plays instead. And then die. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. Instead. But we'll see. Who's your seat? Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we've got left to discuss today. I think it is pretty, pretty much. Sure we've left. Yeah. Um, good session. Nice little well, 43 minutes. Nice little 43 minutes. I did want to I mention um, so when Son came off, you got a great reception and there was a great little, I'm sure you guys would have seen it, but you got a great mm. embrace with uh, with Conte at the final whistle. Which yeah, and then very, Conte, very awesome. it feels like, like the end of every game now that like Conte kind of gets serenaded by the whole stadium, like the last few minutes. And he, and he kind of like appreciates, you know, he does just like the kind of applause back. So yeah, nice, it's nice little heartwarming. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, in between him threatening to quit every week, that is nice <laughs> to get those kind of highs as well. You know, nice little serotonin to go with it. <laughs> Take the good with yeah. the bad, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing else, else to really add, Dan. You you covering no. international break? Oh yeah, mate. It's um, always a highlight. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> who, have, who have England got? Switzerland, uh, Switzerland and, and the Ivory Coast, yeah. Ah. Um, Too yeah. gentle. Uh, yeah, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. It'd be nice to have a weekend off, but what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the pod, um, please do and please leave a rating and review. Um, like I said, this should be going out on YouTube. So if you are watching on YouTube, again, please subscribe. It really helps us. Um, and yeah, we'll see you on the other side of the international break. Thanks for joining. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.